Everybody, behold, two of the 2.3 million people that can guard Michael Beasley. What's <laughs> up, everybody? It's uh, Big Dog Ball Talk. Don't think it was that. That's the, uh, the exact number. We, we've established we're not math guys here. Uh, but it was uh, that was a big fuck up on Beasley's part. <laughs> yeah, I loved all the comments uh, after you came out with that. People being like, yeah, no shit, they can't guard you. They're newborn babies. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so then he tweeted, he said, every 10 seconds, uh, a, a new person who can't guard me is brought into yeah. the world. But, uh, I, we, again, every single time, he's had a couple comebacks. I want Beasley back in the NBA. He's, I can't believe he didn't crack our meme team roster. That's true. He, he's, he's got some funny moments. I, I remember, the one, remember the one at Media Day where they were trying to get stuff out of him, and he kept being like, well, we're going to be where we're going to be. And they kept yeah. asking him like, to get more. Specific. No, him in, him in New York was amazing. And then he and in New York, yeah. Man, oh, this this would be a great time for him to go back to the Knicks. So the bing bong oh. resurgence, people would be going nuts. Can you imagine? I, I mean, he was getting MVP chance in MSG. Uh, and, and of course, I mean, He's how can man. you forget with uh, with Beasley? You know, he, he can use 11% of his brain. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. if anyone hasn't seen that, uh, look it up. It's like a late night show with like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or yeah, something. Yeah, one crazy. of those. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why, how he got on there, but everybody. We don't need Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, you got Matt Eichhorn and Jordan Flegel, the host of Big Dog Ball Talk. What's going on, everybody? Uh, back at you with another jam-packed episode. Um, Jordan, uh, we were kind of touching upon, you know, the French language, uh, especially in Canada, uh, last episode. Yes. Kind of funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, uh, I, I, I talk my, I talk some shit, and now I'm going to enemy territory, uh, or maybe, maybe not enemy territory. I mean, that's a, an overstatement. <laughs> Uh, but I'll be uh, be in Montreal for the next week. So if any of uh, these Quebec listeners are uh, looking to link up, you, uh, you just uh, shoot me a message. Uh, I'm probably going to be around after 5 p.m. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be good. I also, I, I believe I used some kind of a, a profanity in French. Uh, I didn't realize the word tabernacle was a swear. Oh, yeah, that's a swear. Uh, I've been saying that for a long time, thinking it was <laughs> like, a, like a just a French word. So uh, I don't know where I picked that up, but uh, apologies to all the... The, the virgin ears of our uh, our Montreal and Quebec listeners because uh, yeah that wasn't intended. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of Bible words that have turned into swear words like uh, yeah uh, every yeah uh, French people cover your ears. Callis is another one. It's like chalice. Okay. Um, and that's another swear. That's a bad word. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But yeah, don't go don't go walking around the streets uh, saying tabernacle in Montreal, Matt. You'll, yeah, I'll, you'll I'll do my best. Side-eye. <laughs> I'll, def- I'll definitely do my best, but uh, everybody, we're we're gonna go and we're gonna move past uh, all the French Canadianisms that uh, we're talking about, and we're gonna move into the NBA. Uh, and we're gonna start it with uh, everybody, and I feel like, and and the the shooting numbers definitely back it up. But uh, Steph Curry uh, now sitting six away from tying, seven away from breaking Ray Allen's all-time threes made record. Um, shot pretty bad. Uh, the Sixers yes. really uh, shut him down. Three for fourteen. Uh, from deep, I believe was uh was, was what he shot. Uh, really, and, and I think he was just forcing it. I really yeah. do. I mean, uh, and the Sixers looked good to their credit. They played a great defensive game, and Bede was feasting down low on a team uh, that we've already discussed. You know, that's kind of their weakness. Like that's why they really needed Wiseman to you know be that number two overall pick, live up to that hype. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, who knows? Still time. Uh, definitely not uh, healthy. Still, obviously. So uh, we're we're gonna see, but. Uh, yeah, the Sixers just kind of spoiling what people thought would maybe be a historic night. But it's like, come on, hitting 10 threes. Like, yes, Curry can do it. If anyone's going to be able to do it on any given night, it'll be Curry. But yeah. you can't expect him to just go out there and hit 10 threes. No, that's still uh, a rare occurrence, even for yeah. yeah the best shooter in, in the history of the league, which is Steph Curry. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's basically what was going on. I think he was kind of forcing it a little bit. And, you know, the 76ers, they, for, for all their struggles, they have good defensive uh guards that that play hard um yep. and you know we'll, we'll get after it so um it's not the easiest team to do that against like yeah maybe if he was they were playing like a bottom of the barrel team uh that you, you could have expected him to to go off for 10 and you know that would have obviously really kind of completed the narrative story to go off like that to 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 have that you know be the game that that you you pass ray allen for the all-time three-point record but uh yeah, it looks like it'll take him probably one more game. I, I feel I, the next game they have against the, uh, the next game coming up for the Warriors is the Pacers, um, who are uh, in shambles right now. And yeah. uh, I think could could probably that, that that could probably be the game where he hits seven because um, even like I feel like uh, when, when you're talking about like three point totals, getting to like seven is so much easier than getting to ten. Like because because mm-hmm. once you've hit that amount, people are really going to lock lock you know lock in on you 
um, extra. Like if, if they, if they know you're, you're having a hot night and I feel like getting those, even though it's just three more threes, like getting from that, you know, six or seven up to 10, yeah. um, is, is actually like much harder than, than it seems. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got to give credit to, to the Sixers and you're right. It was a, a lot of Embiid dominating down low and, um, you know, again, like, like, like I've kind of said before, until Clay comes back, I just don't trust this Warriors team when Steph has a bad night. Like yeah. the Warriors look great because Steph has been incredible, but they don't really have much insurance uh, when he doesn't shoot the ball. Well, well, they and do I have think... Andrew Wiggins, but go on. <laughs> and uh, you know, Wiggins and pool, I think like 23 and 20 uh, yeah. for, for them uh, respectively, which, which is fine. But like they, they weren't, you know, the, by the end, they, they, they weren't really in this game. It was clear that, that, uh, you know, Philadelphia w- was going to win there um, with some time left. And uh, I just don't think they have that guy um, until Clay comes back and we see what he, what, what, what he looks like to, um, you know, t- take pressure uh, off of, of Steffi, you know, say, you know, Steph, you can have a rough shooting night. It's fine. We're still going to pull through. Our defense is going to be good enough and we're going to win. Like they're, 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 they're still first in the league in defense and they have incredible defense centered around Draymond, mm-hmm. but they used to have a lot of different offensive weapons like Andre Iguodala, who is still on this team, I realize, but you know, back then he could come off the bench and basically be like their point guard and get like yeah. all these other guys like Sean Livingston. And even back when Harrison Barnes was there, um, you know, he, he, he obviously played more kind of in the system, but you had just more, more offensive weapons. Um, and I think Poole and Wiggins uh, as good as they've been, uh, you know, if, if you're getting down to the nitty gritty against a good team um, and those are your two main scores, uh, the, the Warriors are definitely beatable because, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're great as scores, but, but in, in a certain sense, they're kind of one dimensional. Like you, you do kind of know what you, what to expect from them. Um, and, you know, they, they can both hit the three and they can both get to the rim, but they're not exactly guys who can sort of you know, get in the teeth of teeth of the defense and, and make a really good play or, or pass to someone. Sure. Um, they, well, they, they, they've got their limitations. So I just don't like this Warriors team right now. And Steph plays badly. I, I just don't yeah. like it. Well, even then, like, I mean, you make a lot of good points there. Uh, but when you look at it, I mean, between Steph, Poole and Wiggins, I mean, they're combining for almost 70 of their total points there uh, last night. And then everybody yeah. else, I mean, their next highest scorer, uh, I don't think broke double digits. Uh, yeah, nine points by Kevon Looney, Looney. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Looney's literally been trash his entire career. Uh, low key, <laughs> he's just been on like these dynasty teams, and Steve Kerr really likes him, so it's like okay. Um, but yeah, and then you look over on the Sixers, and I think they had five or six players all in double figures. Uh, yeah. Andre Drummond one point away and one rebound away from a double double off the bench. Uh, yeah. so it's it, that's kind of what people need to realize. I mean, if if just having a big three that could go out there, unless you're having like a historic, like unless it's like you know, uh it's Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch and LeBron James type beat. I mean, you're not going to yeah. be, uh, you know, winning games with a big, just a big three. We've seen it with lots of teams where they just load up on, uh, you know, a couple guys, but then, you know, the, the overall skill level, there's still too much of a gap when they're not on the court, uh, yeah. which is kind of how this game went. Uh, the Sixers just built a little bit better right now. Cause, cause again, as good as the Warriors have been, and we've talked about this uh, before. Uh, so excuse us if we're, if we have to reiterate this, but again, the hype around the Warriors is still huge. And yeah. again, again, they warranted some of this, but uh, their defense is not really that good right now. Uh, they, I mean, they don't have great defensive personnel in general. Um, and then on the other side of it, I mean, they weren't expecting to be this good. Uh, yeah. Aside from that insane, you know, run they had to start the season off, uh, people thought they were, you know, they'd be, you know, six or seven seed. Uh, yeah. when that, and that was a fair assessment. And you know what? Like, they're going to end up finishing above that. They're going to probably be in the top four. They'll have a home court advantage because uh, it would just take a huge drop off for them at this point, especially with how weak the East, uh, how weak the West has been, pardon me, uh, so far this year. I mean, they'll, they'll get the home court advantage. But like, again, I said, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised they get knocked out first round. Um, but I mean, all in all, uh, you know, we're looking in the bigger picture there, but it, it is exciting though, regardless, uh, to get back to our main point that, you know, we are going to be witnessing history before our next podcast. And that's why we wanted to talk about this. Cause by Friday, I would be shocked if, cause so, so Steph's got the Pacers on, uh, on the Monday and, yeah. uh, which you guys will be listening to this now, hopefully. Uh, and then, uh, they're going to get the Knicks on the Tuesday. Yeah. And I mean, the Knicks have also been, you know, they've been trending downward as of late, uh, which we talked about. Uh, so I mean, those are both games that, uh, Steph can definitely go off. And I mean, I'd be shocked. Yeah. If he can't put up, seven combined threes in those two games uh oh, yeah. there's no chance yeah um so we'll, we'll we'll see 
Uh, and again, yeah. So next time you guys will be hearing from us, Steph Curry, uh, going to be the all-time leader in three-pointers made. Um, and it's crazy to think too that we're going to see Ray Allen's record probably get broken two or three more times uh, yeah. in the next like three seasons because I know Lillard is really high and and Harden is like fifth all time. Yeah, he's not yeah. that far off either. And then Thompson yeah. would have been up there. I think he's twentieth. Uh, and I mean, he probably won't get to that mark, obviously, just because of some of the injuries. I mean, he'll get close, I think. Um, yeah. but it, it is insane to think that, yeah, Ray Allen is going to be like the guy. Cause he's still definitely like, if you were going to say like, who's a better shooter, Ray Allen or James Harden, I would say Ray Allen 99% of the time, yeah. uh, like wouldn't even question it. But I mean, when it can, when it comes to the total, just because they played in such different eras. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like, Hey, I wonder how many, uh, points Ray Allen would average be like one of the most valuable players in the league. If uh, he played in modern day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Ray Allen, obviously more of a spot up guy, uh, didn't mm-hmm. have the, um, you know, that, that, that's always why we talk about Steph being so great is he could he can shoot threes from, you know, out of literally any situation. Like he can literally catch it off a dribble handoff and shoot it off, off the dribble, um, you know, just over half court. And he's a great spot up shooter himself, too. So, um, you know, uh, we all saw this coming that Steph was going to overtake the record. And um, yeah, like for the Harden and Lillard thing, it, it, it really is just kind of a product of, of, of this generation and uh, mm-hmm. two other guys who are adept at off the dribble threes, which just weren't when, when Ray Allen was playing, they just weren't good shots. Like if you saw someone take an off the dribble three more often than not, unless you had to in like a close game situation, um, you know, the, the announcer is the whole arena. was like, Oh, what, what's that? Oh, that guy's yeah. probably, he's Third probably going to get benched. Yeah. So um, it's, it's funny to see, see the game evolve, but um, you know, I, I, I still think, yeah, like, like you mentioned there, like Ray Allen, if he played today, he would be such, such a valuable mm-hmm. player because he, uh, he was more of a kind of, three and D guy for Boston. than people realize he was never like the strongest defender, but a lot of times when they, they would play the, you know, the big series against uh, the Lakers, he, he was put on Kobe a lot of the time. Like he was he, a hostile he, defender for sure. He, yeah. And he, he had a pretty, pretty big body and he was very, very smart. Um, and uh, you yeah, know, he definitely have a, you know, a, a, a significant role in the NBA today, be, be one of the, the premier shooters and uh, he'd be just taking more. And I have no doubt that he'd be making more mm-hmm. because uh, he had one of the smoothest jump shots you'll ever see. And, one of the clutchest shooters too, which you got to take into account. He, he hit the, uh, the shot in the finals that broke yeah. my heart. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, delivered the King, uh, one of his many fake championships and, uh, um, and, and a lot of other big shots for Boston too. And, uh, it, it was funny cause I remember watching when he passed Reggie Miller and it was like a big thing. Like, yeah. like Reggie, Reggie was there for that game. Like, uh, Ray Allen went over and like dapped him up and, I feel like kind of still with a lot of the old heads in the game. So I know Steph gets a lot of love. Like it doesn't feel quite the same. Cause I think it was just so it's so early comparatively in Steph's yeah. career. Like well, no one's not like to... he's just going to break it. Like he's going to shatter it. Like it's not even going to exactly. be, like, that's why, like I was saying, you know, people really have to still like look back and put some respect on, uh, you know, Ray Allen. Cause I mean, it's in like 10 years from now, people are going to be like, Oh, Ray Allen, like number six all time. Like, yeah, yeah he, like exactly. he was probably an okay shooter. Like probably yeah, yeah. good at his time. And it's like, well, actually, yeah, one of the best, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's going to be interesting. Hey, we're, we're on that bridging point, man. We like, as we keep getting these takes, I'm realizing that even though we're, you know, we're in our early twenties, we're already starting to become old heads because the game I know. so quickly. Is that not nuts? No, it, it is crazy. It is crazy. And like, it's true. Cause he, he will, I don't think Ray will end up, you know, yeah give it 10 years 15 years you won't even probably be in the top 10 you know the way things are yeah. going but uh like i i still think personally he's the best spot up shooter ever closely followed by clay i think it's ray allen and then it's clay and, and even kyle more Porter so on the hawks. yeah and kyle kyle on the hawks when he would go off he, he was really something but uh no like ray allen's form um and you know his, his kind of quick release and you yeah. know, the way it was the exact same every time and a solid base really uh, reminds yeah, the laser, it really reminds me of Clay, too. Like, I think Clay takes a lot of those things um, mm-hmm. and puts it into to his shooting shot. Two, the, two, two guys with the most, like, solid bases you'll ever see. If you ever watch their feet, it's like they're yeah. like a little fire hydrant. Like, they, they, they go up and down um, and, you know, do it the exact same every time. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I still uh, – I will, I will always praise Ray Allen for what he did because um, he, he, was, he was doing that in an era where not many other people were doing it. He was kind of shooting like a modern shooter before um that was really happening so yeah gotta gotta still shout out ray allen but yeah he's gonna be passed by quite a few guys now and and that's just the way the league's going 
Well, and if anyone wants to listen to me and Jordan debate who's the uh, better all-time player between Ray Allen and Clay Thompson, go check out our NBA 75 slash NBA 76 uh, review that we uh, uploaded uh, about a month or two ago. Um, uh, really great episode. Another good one, young and old. That's that's our that's our yeah. battle always. The the newer or the older. Yeah, and then uh, me and uh, Jordan would just again like to extend a formal congratulations to you, Steph. I know you're listening. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. Just just a kid, just a kid from Davidson. So uh, you know, congrats to him. Uh, hope everybody that's listening uh spreads out some time to go watch history. You know, pay your dues, pay your respects to one of the all time greats. Um, to move on now though, to someone who. You know, people thought might become an all-time great. Uh, he's kind of a shapeshifter in the past little couple days, and you can never trust the internet. You never can. I never. I see all these photos. You know, I see him in this big red jumpsuit, kind of looks like Santa <laughs> Claus. But then the next day, someone's posting a photo they took with their kid, and he's wearing a blue T-shirt, and he's looking slim down. Zion Williamson, what a uh, what a career so far. What uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I honestly am at the point where I'm like, he might just retire. He might never like this. Might just be like a a a, a bad injury, bad management by the Pelicans, and then nothing ever comes of it. Because uh, for those who don't know, uh, Zion Williamson, the former number one overall pick, uh, not only has he just passed, he's missed more games in his career than he's played now uh which is insane uh yes. i was trying to look into it to see if that was if a number one overall pick has ever had this happen uh and, and i don't think so because i think most of the time like a guy like anthony bennett or something that was benched uh you know he yeah. would have been cut at that point um yeah it's i i i don't even know what to say uh they said that apparently like they keep kind of going back and forth like oh he's looking like he's doing well his basketball activity is picking up uh but they just came out saying that there's still some soreness in the foot and he's now going to be out indefinitely. Uh, the uh, autumn of the West, uh, my pick to make the playoffs, the New Orleans Pelicans, and my pick to make the playoffs, granted that I assumed that Zion would be back after like a month, month and a half, yeah. uh, and back to averaging like 26 and 12. But uh, <clears throat> instead, it looks like Brandon Ingram will average 27 and like eight, and they'll <laughs> get like a top three pick. But Jordan, I mean, how do you feel about Zion? Like, I mean, this is, it's definitely sad because he's yeah. such an exciting player that, we want to see him out on the court and be healthy, but I, I don't, I think that there's more to this than we're getting. Cause I don't, I feel like Zion almost doesn't want to be healthy. I don't think he wants to be out there for the Pels anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. I, I don't, I'm starting to not know what to think. Like I, I clearly from the Pelicans point of view, they're trying to be so, so cautious with him, like the, the abundance of caution and, and fine. I, I get that. But like, we've talked about this before with the Pelicans franchise, like you don't have that much time. I think it's really getting sour down there. Like I, I think um, when it comes to new Orleans basketball, there hasn't been like a good thing happen since, I don't know, Chris Paul, like, and then he, he, he left Anthony Davis left. Um, and yeah. so like the time, the, the clock is ticking that your franchise might get moved. Like if you really care about this, um, like there, there's, there, there's uh, the smoothie uh, King center will be no more. It, it will be, it'll be no more. It'll be smoothie, smoothie King, Seattle, or, or you know, it, it, it'll move somewhere else. And uh, maybe that, that, that move is going to be inevitable, like no matter what happens, but I just feel like they're, they're handling this in a weird way because uh, you know, David Griffin, when he, when he came out with that press conference before the season started, he was kind of being cryptic about when Zion was going to come back, you know, he made it seem like he'd be back for opening opening day, which, you know, after the Jones fracture fracture news came out, everyone was like, there was no way he was going to be. And so, and then now you're like, who, who is, who's in charge of his like <laughs> conditioning and like who, who, who with the team is working with him yeah. right now. And what exactly is he doing? We don't know. And then his camp is kind of uh, like secretive or, and, and kind of doing, doing their own thing too. And he had those comments about New York. Like it's, it's all kind of a bit of a mess. And uh, I don't know, like the, the longer he sits out, uh, just, uh, I'm just not sure about his career because uh, again, like you said, he's, he's, I, I, it feels to me like he hasn't even started like his, no. his career. Like it feels like this is going to be a whole new thing. Like when he finally steps back out on the court, I'll be like, okay, now this is like the Zion debut because mm-hmm. even when he did debut, he was on that minutes, minutes restriction. Um, he, we, 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 we mentioned it too before like that game where he hit four threes or whatever it was. Um, his very first game in the NBA, but, but they, they, they had to sit him after a while. So that didn't even seem like full Zion. And then, you, you know, I know he had that full season where he played like an all-star and he was really great, but um, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know what's going on. And like, I, 
I just really want to see him on the court, but maybe not with the Pelicans. Like maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. someone, maybe another team out there is just willing to, to, to bite the bullet and say, okay, you know, we're, we're going to take this guy on, you know, for the right price, maybe the Pelicans say yes. And uh, you know, he, he starts fresh somewhere else with a, 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 a team that's more forthcoming about information with a better training staff. And we can mm-hmm. get like a, I just don't, it, it, does it feel to you like, you know, what the plan is with him? Like, like, what exactly is wrong with him and how they're going to rehab it and then how and when that timeline is going to end. So it feels like I have no idea. Oh, I have no clue. I mean, uh, that's what I was kind of getting at. Like, I just don't, I don't think that the Pelicans are rushing to get him back out there. Cause I think that they're just so used to losing. They're like, ah, we'll keep going. And then we'll yeah. get like another, uh, cause like Brandon, Brandon Ingram's locked up long-term. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Jonas still has a, a, maybe another year left on his deal. I might be wrong uh and then they've got yeah and then they've got zion locked up still as well uh because you know he got the the big extension so i mean he's he's got a big big money on his contract and uh again that's how crazy is that that they gave him that and he signed that massive extension yeah uh with the pelicans after only playing something like 30 40 games in his career i mean it's yeah. <laughs> i mean hey you know what like it's uh... worth it and again like part of this is like the business side of things like zion's so marketable and he's such a huge name like again when you have a guy who's known just from his first name you don't need to say the whole yeah. thing then you yeah. know that, that, that they're a big deal um so i mean we'll see again i want to see zion back on the court but i i honestly think that the pelicans are totally cool with losing and tanking out again for another year yeah. uh letting him deal with however he's dealing with it but i think there's a lot more like mentally as well on like off the court because like and, and that's what i was bringing up those photos is because it's tough to tell if he's letting himself go or not because people are posting all these things. And sometimes he looks like he's like, like there was rumors that he was pushing like 360 pounds. Yeah. I, oh, and I, I was like, him. that's like a, like he would be like one of the bigger offensive linemen in the, in the, in the NFL. Like he would be yeah. guys. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm really at a loss. Uh, and, and you know, maybe they need to put him on that Simbular diet and you need to have somebody <laughs> watching him and make sure he doesn't sneak out, go, uh, go hit up McDonald's on the road games. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, it, it, it really is. Cause when you invest so much into a young guy, you want to at least see some results. Uh, but again, we haven't seen the Pelicans do anything, uh, to really make winning moves at this point. They've just kind of, you know, went with the tank, which made sense when it happened. But when you yeah. have a guy like Ingram and Zion, like, you know, two all-star caliber players, uh, I mean, they had Lonzo and they let him go, uh, which yeah. is still questionable, looking like a horrible move now. Yeah. Uh, big loss for them. Uh, but even then, you know, like Devontae Graham not playing up to his uh, his abilities. you got Jonas, who's really just – he's looked like almost like an all-star level big uh, oh, yeah. in New Orleans. Obviously, that's that's a little bit inflation because of how bad the team around him is. But, yeah. uh, I mean, you have these this, these talents that could you could put together a solid team, but it just looks like, again, more of these young guys who are developing, like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, so much hype around him coming into the season especially. Um, yeah. Like, he was up there in most improved uh, player of the year uh, odds. And he's been horrible, uh, yeah. like like borderline unplayable at times. And it just goes to show, like, I think honestly, one of their best young players to develop around is uh, Herb Jones. I don't, I'm not yeah. sure. If you're, like, like <laughs> Herb. it's uh, a defender. If, yeah. If a guy named Herbert is your <laughs> uh, one of your top players, I mean, it's uh, you got something to evaluate uh, down there. So I, I'm, I'm hoping Zion's back on the court this season, but uh, for any Pelicans fans out there, like I, I just wouldn't hold your breath. I really wouldn't. I, I don't think that he really wants to, and I don't really think that uh, the Pelicans are really caring if he comes back or not. Yeah, here, I got a fake trade for you, Matt, okay? Nice. That I just pulled up now. Uh, it's, it's not thought out at all. I did it in two seconds. <laughs> the, the Sixers uh, get Zion Williams, Williamson, Thomas Sadoransky, Jackson Hayes, Kira Lewis, the Pelicans get Ben Simmons. Who says no, man? Who who says no to that? Probably the Pelicans. <laughs> Probably the Pelicans. I mean, give, like give Ben and Ingram and and Jonas. That's that's a hell of a big three. Oh, hey, more more. He came out. He said that he needs a uh, that he just he, now he, all he wants is a top twenty five player. Well, imagine team. imagine Zion and Embiid down the line. Uh, one of the they're never going to play together because one's going to be injured, uh, and yeah, then the exactly. next one's going to yeah. Injured. Yeah, those it would never work. They'll be like that. Yeah, would be the heaviest backcourt ever. That's what they would always <laughs> yeah. talk about. It'd be like combined. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like the the brothers of destruction. That would be that's yeah. a good nickname. I don't know. You you weren't a wrestling guy. I don't think growing up. But uh, no, for, no. For all my wrestling fans out there, uh, you know the Undertaker and you know Kane. You know who those guys are. You <laughs> you have to know that Jordan. Uh, I, but, I I do I do. I yeah, their their tag the team was called the Brothers of Destruction. 
I think that's perfect for them. I, th- I actually believe that they tried using that. Speaking of the Pelicans, when Anthony Davis and DeMarcus oh, for God's Cousins, sake. I believe when they got teamed up, people tried using that as a nickname, and I was all for it. And then, again, same thing. Maybe there's something in the water. Maybe the court's not built right in New Orleans. I don't know. Because <laughs> it seems like, yeah, everywhere they go, there's some some big star gets hurt. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a conspiracy theory in there. We'll we'll get to the bottom of it. We're gonna we're gonna get some uh, feet on the ground there in New Orleans and uh, you know check it out. It's like we'll uh, send Ky- somebody down there. It's like when Kyrie was nervous uh, about getting hurt when he uh, when he heard that he was gonna be playing on the uh, old parquet floor. Yeah, and he saged it. No, do you remember the uh, he? Well, he, yeah, he, oh, was this a different time? <laughs> no, well, there was when they played the box. It was like a, a throwback night. And they asked him, like, oh, how do you feel about playing, like, with, you oh, know, like a fun question. He was th- And he thought that they actually were using, like, the old flooring. Kyrie, so he was like, that? it's not good for the players. Like, our knees could really get taken injury. Like, and it was like, what? Like, it's it's just the look, man. It's not actually this. old floor. This was oh, a couple years when he was on the Celtics. Yeah, I was – another great Kyrie moment. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen that, go check it out. Um, and then moving on, we're finally going to talk about them. We're finally getting it out. Uh, we've had some things run long. Uh, so apologies, because I think we've mentioned it in the last two podcasts. We're finally going to talk about the Mavericks yeah. and how they suck right now. Uh, uh, they do. They, they're three and seven in their last 10. Uh, they, they lost their last game. It's hasn't been looking good. I mean, the Luca show, it, it was bound to come to a screeching halt at some point. Uh, I mean, yeah. Porzingis has been playing solid as well, but Flegel, I mean, I know that you you're big on the the Mavericks, you know, and you know being able to build around Luca. I know he's one of your uh, top players out there. Yeah. What's what's what, what's wrong with them right now? Because they've got this, they've got some talent, but again, I think they really, in my opinion, shot themselves in the foot uh, by not waiting the uh, the extra year to give uh, Luca that extension that he got because they could have yeah. given it to him this year, and they could have had all that cap space to play with last off season, and then they could have you know maybe added. I don't know anybody else to fucking help them right now. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. is your third best player. That's yeah. That's not gonna work. Well, th- to me, this is starting to look like uh, I'm lo- like looking at their roster. It looks like some of those early LeBron teams. Yeah. Where it's yeah. Where it's LeBron and then an okay big like uh, LeBron had uh, Ilgauskas, uh, who you know never ne- never was Lithuanian uh, legend. Lithuanian legend for sure never was the player that Porzingis was, but sometimes that's all Porzingis looks like just kind of like a skilled center who can yeah. hit, hit some shots. Obviously he's doing a little bit more than that, but, but then otherwise it's just a bunch of shooters and role players. And even like with Tim Hardaway jr. Uh, LeBron had Larry Hughes, you know, a, a, a shooting guard who could do a little bit of his own thing, but it was, you know, uh, just uh, in both these cases, a, a team run by a young guy who has kind of tricked ownership into thinking that, this, the team can do anything. They don't even have to spend that much money. Uh, you just put shooters around them and it'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, but, but you reach a certain point in the playoffs and you're like, Oh, well, I, I, the, Luca literally has the ball in his hands at all times. Um, and you know, you, you, you take enough guys away there. There's no other option for him. And, and, you know, Chris Stapps hasn't had the ball all game. He's cold. Um, you know, he's not going to do anything, even though he's, you know, played pretty well in the playoffs, um, but hasn't been able to stay on the court, uh, which is another problem. But uh I just don't like the the roster construction. Obviously, it's partly Jason Kidd because they've went from having, you know, a few years ago with Luca the best offensive uh, efficiency rating of all time to now they're 22nd. Yeah. And, and this is supposed to be like a sneaky contender. 22nd uh, in, in, in the league in offense is, is not going to cut it. And they're, they're 16th in defense, which is strange. Like, this is not a team you'd think would have a better defensive rating than offensive rating. Uh, you know, when you've got so many shooters and, and someone like Luca, who's who's a, a maestro offensively. Um, but I, I just don't like their their point distribution, um, like t- to have Luca and then Chris Stapps as your leading scorer. And then the only other people cracking 10 points, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson, like you, you need a bigger wing score to, to take take on that uh, yeah. sort of, you know, scoring load if you're ever going to do anything in the playoffs. That's, that's why when we were talking about trades uh, in last pod or, or the pod before. Um, someone like TJ Warren, I think would be great uh, in Dallas because they just don't have that mid-level guy and they're just relying on, on Luca to either, you know, go out there. He's going to go out there and put up his stats every night, but he's either going to shoot efficiently and they tend to win, or he's going to shoot not efficiently, still put up the stats um, and they, they tend to lose because they, they just don't have any sort of variability there of like, no one else is going to step up. Um, uh, no one else is capable of stepping up and, yeah. you know, going and, uh, you know, winning a game when, when Luca doesn't shoot the ball that well. 
Um, because, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's just a role player. He's, he's, he's going to shoot, shoot threes, you know, at, at a decent clip, and he's going to defend the hell out of the ball. But uh, he's a very one-dimensional player. Um, and, you know, Brunson could be, could be playing even more of a role for them. But, you know, Luca has the ball in his hands so much of the time. He, he's yeah. just kind of wasted. Uh, you, you don't need that good of a sort of backup point guard. I know Jalen plays alongside Luca a lot of the time, but um, you, you don't need that guy. It, it, I, if I was the Mavs, I would, you know, as the trade deadline approaches here, start, start sniffing around, see if I could package a couple of, uh, of these players. Cause like I was saying before, like Brunson and Hardaway jr. On a different team in a role where they're not like playing right next to this very gravitational, like heavy, like guy, like yeah. Luca, um, they, they could be more useful on another team. So I don't know. I don't know who would become available. Um, and you know, the, 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 the Mavericks have a, have a lot of kind of salary locked up right now, but um, you know, mainly the, Porzingis contract that that's kind of you know going to be tough to move even if they wanted to um but I, I I just don't like their roster construction and it's it's not looking like Jason Kidd is going to maximize it he's just kind of no. dealing with what he's got so I don't get it, why he's it's, it's he, tough I don't get why organizations keep giving Jason Kidd these chances especially when it's always with teams that have these young stars on it I mean yeah I don't know how you don't learn from his time with the Bucks. uh we clearly saw, you know, a guy who didn't know what to do with a young team. He yeah, wants yeah. to play like it was like, I th- he's literally that guy, you know, he's like, Oh, I used to play basketball. I'm going to coach it now. And I'm just going to do the exact thing that my old coaches used to run. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey, well that doesn't work anymore, man. Like it doesn't work like for this personnel. Uh, and, and, and yeah, like, I mean, Lucas, like he's still putting up some really great numbers this year, but definitely lower production, uh, less efficient this year. Yeah. Uh, we, and we, ha- we haven't seen anything really to, 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 to be like, wow. Yeah. The, the Mavs look better. I think they look worse. And I, yeah. at this point there's, they're sitting eighth in the West. Uh, I, if you're even in that playing bubble, you might as well just kind of try and tank a little bit. I think this is kind of the year to do it. Uh, yeah. it's obviously, it's a top heavy draft year. Um, but I mean, Porzingis, you could probably get something for him. He's a big contract you can offload. Uh, and, and again, I, one of the things like, can you think of a single time that Luca and Porzingis have really like connected with each other for a big play? I feel like it's always one doing something on the other side while the other's in ISO. I mean, it's a, it's, I, I don't think they work well together. I think people literally were just like, Oh, they're two Europeans. This is going to be cool. That, that's, be good. Yeah. that's what I find weird. Cause I honestly thought that too. Like I thought they'd have this like awesome chemistry, like what, what? one of probably the first teams we've ever seen where their two best players and like two legitimately good players were like European guys, you know, like I know Latvia is not, uh, not Slovenia. Like they're, they're not going to, you know, just connect just based on their sort of Europeanness. but you know, there's enough, like, I don't know. uh, I thought, you know, there would be enough shared backstory and kind of shared experience that they chemistry would not be a problem with them, but chemistry seems to be like the biggest problem with them. Like a, yeah. Chris, Chris Dapps, he, he, I, I know he kind of attributed a lot of it to, to Rick Carlisle, not kind of using him well. And he was grumpy about that. And now Jason Kidd is, you know, making a very big effort to make Chris Dapps feel involved and it's kind of paying off with his numbers this year. But like, it, it's true that I, I, I just don't get the sense from them that they're, they really love playing with each other and they have this good connection. Um, and it, it's it's weird too because like you'd think that they could like they they kind of have yeah. complementary skill sets like Chris Stapps as a as a guy who can you know play in sort of the mid range is a kind of a face up guy and can hit threes every once in a while too but but is you know seven six or whatever he is so can mm-hmm. can finish inside as well like and then the the Luca who's the playmaking uh you know guard out out on the perimeter finding shooters like it's it it seems like it would work but I don't know I I, I just feel like it, it, it's not, and I wouldn't give them too much more time to figure it out before I, I, I sort of look around it. And they might be right now looking around at who'd be willing to take Porzingis on because you want to sell high with Porzingis because you have no idea yeah. what's going to happen health wise yeah. with him or where his play is going to go. So I would be very aggressive uh, trying to either, like I was saying before, kind of package those, that trio of guards they've got between Hardaway Jr., Brunson, Bullock, who, whoever it is, you know, package those guys and get someone else who you think could work better with Luca um, on the wing or get Porzingis out of there somehow. Cause you, you, you yeah. if, if a team talked themselves into Porzingis, you, you'd get a pretty good haul for him because you, you, the, to, to make the salaries match, you'd have to get quite a few players back 
Um, and then, you know, depending uh, what you're getting back, whether you get picks or, or, or whatnot, like I, I think there's a deal out there to be made. I just don't know with who. Well, um, and shooting big men are at a premium, Jordan. I mean, that's that you're going to get a good price for them regardless. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of teams that could use them. Uh, I mean, just look, like quickly glancing over teams that are kind of, you know, com- we'll say competing as in like they're, they're in the playoffs right now. I mean, like a team like Washington. Like yeah. they, that would be a great pickup for them to get some nice size. Cause right now they're rolling with, you know, Gafford and Harrell and neither one are really the a true center, both a little bit more mobile. Uh, obviously Porzingis, you know, likes to play a lot of the four, but uh, you can probably force his hand at playing the five uh, or even a team with like the Grizzlies who have been really surging. I mean, could work, but uh, I, I think that it's also tough. Like, I think Porzingis still has that big dog mentality and he wants to be the alpha. He wants to be the number one. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I just don't think that that's his role in the NBA. I don't think he's ever going to be a team, like a guy who can lead the team to the playoffs uh, as the number yeah. one option. I, I, I just think he's, he, even though he's so dynamic, he's kind of like, he's got a little Canadian in him. He doesn't have that killer yeah, mindset. True. I thought in that rookie year when he was just put back dunking on everybody that, you know, he Every was other night. In, insane. But yeah, I've, I've been really let down uh, by Porzingis' career thus far, to be honest, uh, which really sucks because I, I do like Kristaps. It's just like every year I'm just kind of like more and more like forgetting about him, even though his numbers technically are getting better. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, hopefully, you know, I, I would love to see him not just be like a one-time all-star guy and he can find his way back in there. Uh, hey, who knows? The Knicks uh, kind of struggling. Uh, they can trade, Mal- uh, trade uh, what's his name? Mitchell Robinson, uh, the plus six True. back to the game <laughs> uh, player himself and uh, try and go there. Like, again, I think that would honestly be better for Luca. Just have a defensive big that can yeah. uh, help on the other side. And yeah, just surround him with some shooters, see what happens. But yeah. Or, the- uh, I'm, I'm looking right now uh, with, with Charlotte straight up Hayward for Porzingis. Uh, it, it wouldn't give him the wing know, score. Yeah. It, it would give him the wing score. Hayward's not the perfect guy because you want the ball in Hayward's hands actually a lot of the time because he's a really good playmaker as well, but that might be good to try out, get Luca off ball a little bit more. Cause yeah. um, you know, maybe that could unlock, you know, some, some sort of cutting and, and, and uh, off ball shooting for him. But yeah, that's, that's another, you know, two kind of albatross contracts. Maybe you could swap kind of a John wall for, for Russell Westbrook type deal, but uh, sure, sure. there's definitely options out there. Yeah. Well, I think that that's another thing, you know, we're going to have to, We'll monitor the the Maverick situation closely moving forward. Uh, But one last thing I want to point out. I'm giving Luca the benefit of the doubt with how everything's gone. I mean, playing under Jason Kidd, never going to be easy. Guy's a a bit bit of a melon head uh, when it comes to coaching. (laughs) Uh, You know, respects to him as a player. Uh, But yeah, as a coach, he's got a horrible rap. Uh, But then, you know, and then he's playing with Chris Ops, who, again, he's had had his fair share of off-court things as well. Uh, And we're, we're not, we've never been sold on him. Uh, but again, like as I was saying with the chemistry, we've never seen them even like after a big win or something celebrating together. I know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it. always just, you know, Luca or Kristaps. It's never both. Uh, yeah. So I'm wondering, and again, because, you know, he gets fired up. Like, I think he, he's leading the league or tied for the league uh, lead in uh, technical fouls. Like Luca gets fired up. Yeah. And, and yeah. as much as he is a competitor, he still could be a diva. You can be a diva and still be competitive. And for oh, a guy he's who definitely a diva. he likes his shots and he doesn't like when he gets, uh, he doesn't get the calls. And I, I would, I, and again, I think the Mavericks are, they're such a professional organization. Like they're not going to be letting a lot of stuff leak out uh, yeah. that doesn't have to be getting out there. Um, but yeah, I, I would say if they can move, if they move on from this, you know, Jason kid, or they move on from Kristaps, whatever. And like Lucas still kind of doing more of the same, just putting up these crazy numbers and, you know, doesn't really, seem like to care that they're not really winning games like i that's something i would be worried because you never want to see a guy with that much talent start to be getting complacent uh because then you're just getting like russell westbrook uh like oh yeah i want to win my mvp i don't give a shit if my team actually makes playoffs though yeah and i i I wish he was also just like i i wish i could tell that he was in really good shape to start seasons too because that kind of plays into it as well like he he always has to play himself into shape and that brings up questions you know like what uh, what what do you do during the off season? But it, it's strange even to think about it that way because I know with Slovenia, like this this past summer, he played in the freaking Olympics. He basically played yeah. basketball year round. He's never going to look like an athletic guy. No, no, for sure. But like he he's definitely been trimmer and you know, moved faster out there on the court. He you know as for someone so young, I know he's never you know it's kind of you know Larry Bird two point He's never going to be athletic. But you know when you when you're 22 or whatever he is like come on show me show me a little something more like yeah, i know he yeah. can do it i've seen it from him before and uh and you know yeah that paired with you know the the always whining to officials like i i don't put too too much stock into it right now i don't think it's become a huge problem right 
right now. He like a, a lot of the good players, especially when they're young, um, you know, tend to sort of whine at the refs and some do it their entire career. Like look at Chris Paul or yeah. James Harden or um, LeBron um, and, and yeah, Le, 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 Le Um He, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it, I, I don't see it as a big problem yet, but, but you're right. It's something to monitor for sure because he um, it's, it's it, it, time is ticking uh, for the Mavericks too. Like another player who yeah. he, he, he's at the, he might not be at the height, like absolute prime of his powers, but with what he's doing, you should be able to win if you put the right team uh-huh. around him. Cause well, we've already seen up... him you know, take the Clippers to, well, to exactly. the brink every single, the last two playoff years. So, I mean, they, they, they definitely have like Luca, Luca can win you a series. He could even yeah. get you to the conference finals, I believe. So we yeah. just need to see them actually make an effort like Mark Cuban. Come on, man, let's make a deal. Yeah, you got money. You, 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 and and uh, again, I don't want to see him see them fall into the er, early to mid two thousands Cleveland LeBron trap, where you talk yourselves into this team like, oh, this team could win, and it's mm-hmm. cheap. I'm not even I'm not even approaching the luxury tax, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's the case for for the Mavericks. You know, with, with uh, like we're talking about the big the big uh, Porzingis contract or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if money is specifically the problem, but it, it's it's these situations where you have such a generational guy and you think. Okay, we're we're good to go because Luca's going to find all these kind of role players, unlock them. Um, we, we we've seen where how how potent our offense can look. But you get to the playoffs and you realize you, you you've just got uh, way too much on one guy's shoulders, and you know more complete teams are, are going to beat you year after year. Um, and yeah, the Clippers were a bad matchup for them, but they were just a more complete uh, all around team, and, and yeah. they're they're going to beat a team like the Mavericks unless they get serious about um, you know you know being critical about who fits well around Luca and how it's going to look in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, for this year, I don't know, maybe Jason Kidd's sort of system and his sort of forethought to get Kristaps more involved in these games, um, it will translate to deeper playoff success. I'm still not ruling that out because again, the West is so fucking wide open. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, I've seen Luca really turn it on in the playoffs. And if, if things can all still gel here, I, I can still, I can still, you know, it's, kind of moving further and further in the away in the distance, but I can still yeah. see the Mavericks making a deep run, but I, I just don't think this is the optimal team around Luca. And there's, you know, if you're Mark Cuban, what are you waiting for? Put the optimal team around Luca. Now make, make, go out and make some moves. Um, cause, cause you know, in all honesty, you, you've already tried this for a couple of years and mm-hmm. you don't want it to, you don't want it, you don't want it to get stale. You don't want Luca to, to get unhappy. Um, so I, I, I would, if I was the Mavericks, I'd, I'd feel like there's a fire under my ass to, to fix this. Um, because yeah, we, we don't want to waste such a good player, uh, in, in his prime. Yeah. Well, and something else that the league has to crack down on, we have to start trying to fix is, uh, the COVID outbreaks, uh, that are yeah. going around right now. Obviously, uh, we're still living in the COVID world. Uh, whether you're, you're double vaccinated or you're waiting to get your spot up or what have you, it's, it's getting concerning again. Um, yeah. I really, really, really don't want to see them have to stop play. Um, but the Bulls, uh, they're still playing, but they've had quite an outbreak there. DeRozan has been out uh, the entire week, probably going to still be out a little bit longer. Um, yeah. The Pacers uh, were, were pretty much decimated. I mean, uh, Rick Carlisle, uh, one of the, 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 the main ones affected. The Raptors now, uh, yeah. and that one's scary, you know, uh, not just because it's in our own backyard, but uh, because, you know, they're traveling cross-border. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, not exactly something promising that, uh, and again, I'm sure the Canadian government's not happy cause I'm sure they're going to start blaming, uh, you know, them traveling to the U S part yeah. of the reason. And, and, and like, even as we were just recording, cause you know, Messiah jury, uh, uh, tested positive. I, 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 I uh, that, that happened. I think the lot we were recording on the Friday, but, uh, Preston yeah. Chua, uh, just got put into uh, COVID protocols. He's going to have to be uh, restricted now. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately one of the saddest things we've, uh, we've had to see, uh, in sports history, uh, as far as uh, as a Raptors so fan, fucking uh, sad. Uh, Nav Batia not able to go to the for his first ever live Raptors game. Uh, they you know, should have got. They should have let him go in like a hazmat suit. Like, like yeah, get him in there. Like it's a bubble boy. Yeah, come on. Like to yeah, I, I can't believe that's how he missed it. Like it would be yeah. one thing if he missed it because he was you know he had to be traveling or something whatnot. It's just so sad that he wanted to be there and he literally just couldn't. And, he, and it's not even that he tested positive. It's just that he was at the, the Giants of Africa event. Again, another great uh, fundraiser, you know, ran through uh, Masai Jury. Uh, and, and again, you got to feel for a guy like Masai. That's not fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I almost gave you guys a scare one time when I thought maybe I uh, was in contact with someone after a big weekend out. Uh, and, but luckily and, again, and I, Masai... I beat, I beat another case. My lawyer put on the gloves. 
you did. And, and Masai uh, had his booster as well. He was he was more than even just just double vaxxed. He was yeah. uh, w- w- with the third booster and yeah, still tested positive. Um, still unsymptomatic, though, as far as I know. Right. Didn't he come out and say that like that? he? Yeah, I think that he's feeling good, but still not a yeah. not a good situation to be. No, in. No, no, for sure. But just just, you know, luckily so far, knock on wood, he's uh, doing OK with it. But uh yeah, it's you know, to to know that you can be double vax plus the vo- booster, um, and and you know still go to an event that I'm sure was very well like controlled. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, especially we, we know what it's like you know here in Canada and um, the the sort of stringent rules you have to follow. Like I'm sure that that was uh, airtight, um, and you know to still have an outbreak. Uh, this this Omicron man, it's uh, it's doing a number on uh, on on the league and and on the world. Yeah. Well, I, I, and again, that's the, that's the only thing is like, I'm, I, I'm starting to think, and I, the, I know that the league is trying to do everything they can not to have this happen. Cause it's just going to delay everything. And then we're going to, the players are going to be pissed because there's a shortened off season and all of this and that. But if it gets to this point that they they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to postpone some games. Yeah. Uh, and whether that means players are they're going to have to start doing, you know, four games in a week, which would be, you know, t- really, really hard on their bodies uh because of travel plus you know the actual games themselves but they're they're gonna have to start looking into this if the if this trend keeps up uh because they're they're gonna have to find any other way because if they have to do another bubble year i'm gonna be depressed uh i i couldn't handle that again that was not the same uh and obviously things are different because we're not in uh, a society where everything's in lockdown uh so it's not like it's not like that's the case here but it's definitely something that if people aren't concerned about right now, they've got to start, you know, getting a little bit more concerned and, you know, teams have to be doing, I'm sure I know that they, they have all their protocol, but you know, it's time to really ramp up their due diligence because uh, it's, it's not safe for the players right now, obviously, if uh, this many teams are getting affected and it's not like they're not crossing paths all the time, going through cities, going through lockdowns. Yeah. I mean, everything's shared in the league. Everyone's connected in some way. Um, yeah. It's uh, something, something's bad in the air right now. And uh, we, we need to crack down on this. We, and yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just bringing it up because you know it's 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 definitely a concern, and I, I think that people are a little bit ignorant to it right now that that's a possibility that there is going to be another stoppage in play because uh, you know if it gets bad enough, I don't think Silver is going to even risk it. There's no yeah. point, right? It's uh, lots of money on the table that they don't want to walk away from, but at the same time, I mean, do you really want to watch a, a game where it's five G leaguers getting called <laughs> up? Uh, I mean, uh, hey, Isaiah Thomas will he'll find his way back on a roster for sure. If uh, Lance if, uh, Stevenson, uh, Serge Ibaka was Lance. down there for a bit. Oh. Make him dance, baby. Number one pick in the uh, G League draft. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No, it's it, it, it's true. Something to keep an eye on for sure. And I I think yeah, if it gets out of hand, uh, the league will just you know be forced to do the thing that they did before, which you know an initial stoppage and then figuring it out from there. Um, I I will say you know there's maybe just maybe uh, something sort of we can point to a little bit of hope here and i'm not a virologist i'm not an expert but um the uh this the new variant uh that sort of might take over as sort of the main thing circulating there's like might be less um sort of deadly on the whole more contagious Mm -hmm. but but not uh not killing as many people so you know uh, hopefully if looking at not just the sort of case numbers but hospitalizations and deaths um, as long as those can be kept under control, you know, no matter how much this is circulating here, then, you know, maybe there's hope that they're, they're, you know, it's safe enough to continue. Um, but, uh, you know, it's obviously too early to know that, but um, sure, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, obviously the, the healthcare professionals and, and, you know, everyone figuring this out, will will we'll take a look and we'll know more as time goes on, but um, definitely hate to see it because you, 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 we all kind of thought, or, or at least we're hoping that we would be coming out of this, but you know, we, we've seen this before when the weather gets colder, everyone's forced inside, um, you know, through the, through the late fall and the winter, it uh, gets kind of worse. Mm. Um, so we might, uh, might have to be, be in for another long, long winter. And I really want my basketball. If I'm going to be stuck inside, you got to give me something to do. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, we're, we're going to move on from, uh, from that. And we're, we're going to try a brand new segment for you guys. Uh, we're going to see how you like <laughs> it. Uh, it's something that uh, I will say I've seen, you know, it's, it's pretty popular uh on a lot of uh, you know basketball twitter and instagram pages uh and uh, you know we wanted to run it through the uh, on the podcast uh we're gonna do some blind player comparisons so fliegel i've got five players uh well i guess 10 players five comparisons i'm gonna give you their major five stats so points per game rebounds assists steals and blocks uh right. and i'm gonna so i'll give you player a and i'll give you player wait, B. wait wait do i get their field goal percentages 
Do you want them? I might. I well, might. I, no, I know. I'll give it to, I'll, I'll, if you want them, I can give it to you. Okay. 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 But uh, for now, I'm just going to give it to you as uh, straight up just the major five. Cause that's part of it. I'm not, I don't want to give you all the stats, right? Some of it's going to yeah. be left a little bit ambiguous. Uh, okay. It makes it a little bit more fun. Uh, but we're going to start it off here, Jordan. Uh, and again, this will be uh, open for some debate. There's not going to be uh, uh, there's no trick questions here. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's numbers, baby. It's numbers. So <laughs> player a, this is the first one. We've got player a, Player A is averaging 27 points per game, six assists per game, five rebounds per game, almost six, uh, almost two steals per game, and about a half of a block per game. Player two is averaging 28 and a half points per game, uh, five and a half assists per game, seven and a half rebounds uh, per game, and then just under a steal and a block per game. Who you got? Um. Can, sorry, can you give me the two assist numbers again? Sure. So player A has one more assist per game than player B. And but pl- player, but player B, B rebounds more? Yes, but player B has two more rebounds per game. I'm going player B. You're going player B? Give me player so B. In this one, you just took Kevin Durant over Steph Curry. Uh, two of the uh, the MVP wow. front runners. Uh, and and you know, I thought this would be a good way to start it off because the numbers are very, very close. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, t- that was close. And defensively, they're even close. I mean, uh, Steph, obviously, he's got the lead on the steals there. But, uh, you know, the blocks has dropped, obviously, off uh, in yeah. comparison to KD. Uh, but the scoring numbers are close. Playmaking numbers are close. Rebounding is probably the, one of the only ones that's a little bit more, uh, obviously, in KD's clear favor. Uh, but And then if you want the shooting stats, uh, from the field, Steph's shooting 43%. KD's shooting 53 which is, like, ungodly. Um, and then uh, it, from deep, Steph's shooting 40 and a half and uh katie shooting 37.3 so uh maybe KD was the finals mvp maybe uh people should have uh, put a little more respect on his name for those uh but you happy with your pick on that one jordan i think i am i think i am like it's it's close though but i think i am i i i uh, like katie is playing insane basketball this year i don't think we even talk about it enough like i think considering his overall field goal percentage, which is 52 and his, you know, 37% from three is, is okay. He's definitely shot it better in his career or had stretches where he has, has shot it better at least. And uh, that's still a hell of a good mark, but that just shows his insane uh, three point or percentage on two point shots, which are a lot of kind of tough fading away or like someone's hand in his face. Uh, Granted he's however tall he is and no one can even really get close to the ball when they defend him, but still like tough, two-point shots he, he's still mostly a jump shooter um and to think he's shooting the ball that efficiently from two is insane i, I think yeah. he's having um and you just read out the numbers there you know we talk about steph more obviously um as an mvp because the, the warriors have kind of come out of nowhere but um I, I think uh kd is having just as good of a season so i i am happy with my pick uh okay we're gonna move on to the second line comparison here so we're gonna go we to go. player player a player a yeah. is averaging 15 points per game three boards or pardon me, three assists per game. Uh, so 15 points, three assists, eight rebounds, uh, a steal and just under uh, a hair, a hair under one block per game. Uh, and then in comparison to player B who is averaging 14 points per game, two and a half assists, eight and a half rebounds, uh, and then just under a steal per game and almost two blocks per game who you got. So, so, uh, player a is averaging one more point per game one more assist per game and uh, a little bit over on steals. Uh, but player B uh, just hedges them out on rebounds, uh, but has a one more block per game. Oh, geez. For this one, it's a tight one. It's neck and neck. Yeah. For this one, I think I'm going to go player B because of the defense. Really? Okay. So you just took Evan Mobley over Scotty Barnes. Oh, probably the two front runners it right hurts. now in the uh, the the rookie of the year race. And I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought you were for sure we're going to go with Scotty, but uh, again, they're they're really neck and neck. Like these two are for sure the they've got to be the the number one and number two uh, in in the rookie of the year race. Scotty's oh, got yeah. a bit of an edge on the steals with the two blocks per game. Uh, obviously, swayed you there. Yeah. Uh, again, I know Mobley was your pick coming into the year, uh, rookie of the year pick. He was the guy yeah. who I wanted the Raptors to trade up to get. But I mean, hey, I'm happy with Scotty now. Oh yeah, uh, I, I've totally bought in. But uh, you are you good with that pick? Do you think you uh, you took the better player in this one? I, I I am good, and it's it's 
it's funny, like when, when considering the defensive stats being like, oh, the the, the blocks being so much higher, um, and uh, you know, e- even though the I I knew by the point totals that they weren't like, you know, scoring, like they weren't the top scorers on their teams. Uh Um, So I wanted a more impact defensive guy. And that's kind of funny because I think that's, that's kind of what uh, Mobley is like just slightly more of an impactful defensive player for now, because I think he's got the height um, and, you know, he's more important to that team, I think, but Scotty, I think down the line could be the more versatile defender in the end. Cause Scotty's like a, has the body and the, mm. all the skills to defend like one through five, uh, which is insane to think about. Um, and so uh, I just love both these two players so much. I, I really think it could go either way. And it was close. I almost took Scotty, but based on the stats too. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with Mobley for now. I think he's been slightly more impactful right away, but I think, if anything, I would maybe give Scott the edge for ceiling uh, yeah, if everything yeah. goes right, just because uh, he, he's got more sort of ways that he can be sort of versatile. Like Scotty uh, plays point guard sometimes or quasi point guard for the Raptors. Um, but I could also see him playing anywhere up to like center, uh, especially with the way the game's going. So I'm happy with my pick for, for now, but I, I give Scotty uh, the, the sort of where I put his potential uh I think he could be the best rookie uh, in this class. And that's really saying something. Cause I think hmm. Mobley uh, is going to be a, yeah. uh, a generational guy. So, well, we're going to move on to the third one here. Uh, so player a. Yeah. Player a is averaging 13 points per game, just under an assist per game, seven and a half rebounds per game, half of a steal per game and nearly three blocks per game. And then player B is averaging 18 points per game four assists per game, just under 12 rebounds per game, a steal per game, and about a half of a block per game. So uh, player B uh, has five more points per game, four more assists per game, and uh, four more rebounds per game, almost five more rebounds per game, uh, plus a half of a steal more. But uh, player uh, player A is uh, the far better rim protector. Wait, Matt, Matt, are you? Yeah, okay. Wow. Wow, you tried no, you to sneak got, this man. one in. You tried to sneak with this one in. Who do you want? Who do you the say? bonus or Turner? You're, you're going to try and trick me here, Matt? Uh, what? I took player A by far, by far. Yeah, not yeah, even question. yeah would you? Any player yeah, A. Yeah, I would. On those stats, I would. that's crazy. Try, I, I, me. try me again. Yeah, please, yeah. please explain yourself. I'm, I'm curious as why you would want to take the guy. I want defense. Worse and, I want like, defense. Way more worse in every – oh, I, I mean, want... hey, you got, it's a half a steal uh, he advantage for us uh, a bonus. It's hard to say. Oh, that God. All right, fine. Yes, I probably would have taken – Demondis, but uh, I don't know, Matt. Uh, the the defense, the defense, five percent better from the field uh, as well. Uh, player the bonus, B. the bonus, yeah. All right, fine, you win. I take I take player B. I don't know who, <laughs> who are they. Who are these two players? I almost got you, man. You're wise. You're wise beyond your years. <laughs> I could tell by the, uh, <laughs> to be honest, uh, by the underwhelming uh, scoring numbers uh, of Miles Turner, and then like a crazy block total. I'm like, yeah. that's a Miles Turner. <laughs> well, right when I, that was the only thing, I was like, he's gonna know that he's close <laughs> to three blocks. But I was like, oh, Wait, I'm gonna what, see if I can sneak it in anyways. What's what's Miles Turner's assists average? Point nine. That is pathetic. So he doesn't that even average sick. an assist. Close to. Oh, cl- close to it. Yeah, he's got to get better at that. Yeah, uh, I, I will say. Yeah, his his offensive iq is is pretty low um but uh two good options there matt i i i I, i'll give you the sabonis love but i'm not taking away from my guy turner he's 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 still a hell of a player hey stick to your guns i respect it uh we're gonna go to the fourth one so uh only one more after this one uh so here we've got player a they're averaging 18 and a half points per game just under two assists per game uh, four and a half rebounds per game, uh, and then just under a, just under one steal per game and half of a block per game. And then player B is averaging 12 points per game, the exact same amount of assists per game as player A, uh, four rebounds per game, so uh, a half rebound less than player A, uh, but they average a steal and a half a game, and uh, they average just about the same on blocks per game. Uh, so a, a, a six-point difference in points scored, uh, almost identical in rebounds. Uh, the it is identical in assists per game. Uh, but player B does have a slight edge on blocks and steals. So A has an edge on scoring, and B has an edge on blocks and steals. Yes. Slightly better at rebounding as well. Player A. So rebounding and scoring goes to A. Yes, and then oh. steals and blocks goes to B, and then they're yeah. an exact deadlock in assists, but it's okay. immediately one point eight per game. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. If they're that, if they're that kind of 
shitty as a playmaker. I'm going to stick to my guns, although this is tough. I'm going to stick my guns. Go, go defense. Give me player B. Mother. Man, I thought I was going to get you. I thought I had what? you. What? Player A. Player A is Andrew Wiggins, and player <laughs> B is Mikhail Bridges. Yes. Yes. I thought oh, I was going to so get bad. you. I thought I was going to get you. I wanted to oh. make you pick Wiggins. And I thought that was so close because those two are, I, it's crazy to think the numbers are that close. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised Wiggins gets him on, on the scoring. Sure. Um, yeah. But no, but you know, my, my instincts again, Matt, I knew if, uh, like with the, what were the reboundings uh, total? Uh, so Wiggins averages 4.4 and Mikhail right. is a clean four. Yeah. So I, I knew that with those rebounding numbers, they weren't going to be like big men. So they're mm-hmm. going to at least have the ball sometimes and be able to play make. Um, so I, I definitely, I'm glad I went with my gut and was like, if they're not going to fucking, if they're not good passers, at least give me some defense. Cause otherwise they're just going to be a scoring player. When you read me off player a, I was like, who the fuck is this guy who scores like this, but doesn't pass. Of course, <laughs> of course I should have thought of, uh, the, the Wiggy. maple mamba. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad I, I, got, I, 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 I tricked you again. I, you can't get well, me. That to was be beautiful. Fair, to be fair on the defensive side. I mean, so it's Wiggins averages. 0.5 blocks per game. Mikhail Bridges averages 0.6, and then steals per game. Wiggins is 0.8 steals, and then Mikhail's 1.4. And to be fair, steals and blocks like the difference between half a steal and ha- and a full steal is a ton, uh, just because they're so far and few between. Uh, but not too far off defensively. Uh, I want to give Wiggins some credit there. No, Wiggins is an okay defender. So at least since he's joined Golden State, he's he's actually on that side of the ball been really good for them. So yeah. I don't want to take away. Um, and yeah, if if you. Honestly, if you needed scoring, if that was what you needed, you'd probably go, go with Wiggins uh, yeah, over Bridges. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just you know Bridges plays that role so well, um, and so yeah, I am kind of thinking it in the thinking of who I'd want, who I'd rather have in the context of their respective teams. Um, but you know, yeah, uh, again, if you if you needed scoring, you'd go with Wiggins. So yeah, got to yeah. shout him out. So uh, and then the last one, Jordan, we've got. I think so far, yeah, you've pretty much picked all the guys. I uh, I, I would think that you would want to pick. Yeah. Uh, uh, besides, you know, the Sabonis and Turner one, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of put that one as an asterisk, but, uh, <laughs> this is the last one that I've got for you. Uh, so we've got player a who averages 25.6 points per game, eight and a half assists, eight rebounds, one steal and a half block per game compared to player B who averages 20.8 points per game, 9.6 assists, 7.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals and 0.7 blocks. So it's a five point uh, difference in points in favor of player a uh one uh one assist more goes to player b uh they're almost exactly the same in rebounds it's a point one difference uh but uh, player b has about half of a steal more per game and then a slight advantage of block per game um, i'm taking a shot in the dark here matt did you just give me luca and westbrook no but oh. you got one of the two i'm not gonna tell you which i'm sure you can okay so but okay, so player B averages like eight more points per game, or plus player A, sorry. Player A averages five more points per game. Oh, five. Yeah, but player B, uh, so player player A has five more points and literally point one more rebound per game. Yeah. And player B has one more assist per game, uh, a half of a steal more, and a slight edge on blocks. Oh. I'm pretty sure player A is Luca, but I'm going to be, and I, I, you know how much I like him. I'd probably take him over most other people, but I'm trying to be honest with myself. If I didn't right away know that, I think I would go player B. So who's player B? I'm picking player B. You really want to know what you just did? Is it, is it, oh God, is it LeBron? Fear the beard, James oh, Harden. You oh, love him. my scream. James God. Harden, baby. I knew you. I was like, I, I think this oh. is going to get him because you were picking all defense and I'm like, even though it's a slight advantage, he's going to go. And he has the oh. lead and the assist, too. Uh, but, yeah. Such an idiot. Very, very close stats. Harden's really saved his season the last little stretch he's been on here. Um, but, yeah, so uh, obviously Luca, uh, a little bit better. He's 4% four, uh, 4% more efficient from the from the field. Uh, yeah. Harden actually shooting better from deep, though, 33 to 32%. Um, oh, shooting like shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot closer than you would think. Obviously, Luca's got five more points per game. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Harden, yeah, he had that slump. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's closer than people would give it. You know, you would expect Luke to be averaging like 30 something. Yeah, for sure. He's front runner for MVP for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, you know, like we were talking about with the maps, he, he does put up his points, but that, that's, that's interesting that, uh, 
Harden's averaging more assists. Uh, again, we've talked about this before as well. Like a lot of those passes go, uh, you know, right into Kevin Durant's shooting yeah. pocket. Um, so um, you, you can't put too much stock into that. But um, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad James Harden's numbers still sound good because that means yeah, my yeah. Uh, Nets finals pick might might still be alive. Um, yeah. Although the Bucks look uh, pretty scary. But uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to live that one down, choosing Harden specifically this year over my boy Luca. I got to rethink a lot of things. Yeah, you got to. It's time to go back to the drawing board, Flegel. Um, but is. everybody, we, we hope you enjoyed the blind comparisons. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with them. Maybe Flegel will uh, find some to test me with. Uh, we just want to give you a bit of a switch up from trivia. Uh, just give you something a little bit fresh. Uh, show you that, you know, we're not just uh, riding on our morals here. Uh, but again, thank you guys so much for uh, all the support. Month of December, we're only like, I think this is the third week so far. Uh, second full week. Uh, second, we're, yeah. we're already crushing all of our previous numbers. Uh, and, uh, you know, all the support from you guys uh, has been awesome. Uh, maybe yes. we, we showed you that we got that potential. Number 50. 50. <laughs> Number 50 in Canada. we got to be at Apple, least yeah. 49 by oh, now. At least. At least 49. Uh, unless there's some new podcast out there. Uh, fingers yeah. crossed. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, thank you guys for all your support. Uh, social media, again, is picking up for us. Uh, we're starting to get a lot more active, especially around the holidays. So uh, that's at and, Big yeah, Dog Follow Ball us. Talk. Follow us on TikTok specifically. We're going to come be coming out with, uh, you know, we're going to, you're going to get to see our faces uh, at some point here. So, so legal is going to do keep some an eye out for that. He's going to get, I his, am? Uh, of course. His, he's going to get his ass and Ray on. I think that's a TikToker. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not down with the kids, you know, uh, but uh, everybody, thank you again for listening to uh, another episode of big dog ball talk. I'm Matt Acorn with Jordan Flegel. And as my friend, Jordan always says, yeah, uh, uh, fruit first in the morning. First in the morning. Yeah, okay. All the dogs, just go. Every yeah. dog bark. You heard this dog bark in the background your whole episode. I don't give a shit about fruit. Now my dogs are barking. Everyone, Let's go. Let's go, everyone. Come on. Let's get a bark going. Ooh, come ooh, on, Chive. They're like, oh, a monkey's here. We, we, we better yeah. shut up. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. But Matt, in all seriousness, listen. Fruit's great. Yeah. Fruit is eat good. It. You want to eat it first. That's the first thing you want in the morning. I have grapefruit juice every day, first thing in the morning. And you know what? I feel great. And I look great. <laughs>